Welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast with Mira Manga. Hello and welcome again to the Girls on Tour podcast, the podcast that interviews inspirational and excellent women all about their adventures in transit. We're definitely not in transit today. I'm in the headmistress's office, but don't worry, I'm not in trouble. I'm here to interview my old teacher, Christine Katursky, who is now the headmistress of my old school, Kendrick, in Reading. Now, this is a girls' school, so over her career, Christine has seen generations of young women go out into the world. And of course, as soon as I could, I grabbed the opportunity to come and chat to her. The words lead, inspire, make a difference greet you as you walk into the school. In this interview, Christine reveals how she strives to achieve this and pass this on to all her students. I ask how she guides the girls through depressing news such as the Westminster scandals, how she fosters sisterhood over a mean girls culture, and we talk about the pros and cons of single-sex schooling. This interview left me feeling inspired, optimistic and beaming with positivity. I'm sure you'll feel the same when you've listened too, so sit up, stop chewing gum at the back there and put it in the bin please, and of course, enjoy the podcast. I'm here in the head teacher's office mm-hmm. for a really lovely reason this time. Um, <laughs> and you're now the head teacher, but when I was here, you were head of history, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm allow- allowed to call you Christine Katursi. Yes, of course. But always to me, Ms. Katursi. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great things about Kendrick is that it's possible that people who never went to the school may have heard of some of the ex-pupils. Mm. So could you tell me a bit about mm. some of the, the people mm. that have studied mm. here that went on to do amazing mm. things? Mm. Well, there have been a few, um, a few well-known names over the number of years that the school's been in existence, 140 altogether. The ones that I can recall that came famous before I came to the school, first of all, Beryl Cook, the artist, um, she came to this school, not for very long, but she was here, and we have some of her prints in the school, and we wow. actually have a um, an original piece that she painted for us for the occasion of our 125th birthday, oh, wow. and that's there, and it's supposed to be her in her science lesson. Oh, lovely. Uh, when, she was, <laughs> when she was in year 10, I think. I'll have to take a picture um, of that. Yes, you must. Um, then, of course, there, there was... Janet Rager, who was, uh, I think, launched a lingerie business mm. and I think was quite famous at certain times. Yeah. I'm not sure that her clothing still is made. Then we had Claire Taylor, who was a in the ladies' cricket team and captain of, of ladies' cricket, yeah. women's cricket, I would prefer to say. <laughs> Yasmina Siadaton, who was here and stayed here through her A-levels and then she was on The Apprentice and yeah. she won The Apprentice kept in touch with her she also had a restaurant in Reading and yeah. we used to go there and then more recently and these are all famous girls and I'm, I want to make the point that we don't just have famous girls um <laughs> Jess Swale Jessica Swale who was a former student and her mother used to teach here and Jess yeah. um, went on to study English and drama and then became a director yeah. and is a very very successful playwright now and she's won some awards and she's fantastic fabulous so this is a special school isn't yeah. it when I was here it was just a grammar school so how do we describe what Kendrick is now well Kendrick is still a, a girls grammar school yeah. a selective girls grammar school it has has academy status now which we've had since February 2011 it's a very successful school yeah. um, everyone lots of people will call it high achieving because it gets excellent results I see it as that of course because that's how we're defined in the outside world but also I see it as a, a community of young women who join the school as children as girls yeah. and develop into delightful young women 
with huge potential and opportunities to go and do things that perhaps they never thought they were able to do. Absolutely. Um, and that's so. what you were saying. We were chatting beforehand about all the kinds of professions mm. that the yeah. old girls yeah. go into. Yeah. All sorts so. of professions across the spectrum from you know, the, the arts and humanities. So we, we've got lawyers, we've got accountants, then we have geographers, we have architects, we have people who go into the world of the arts, creative positions. And then, of course, the whole range of science and technology, engineering, yeah. medicine, all of those those things. And sometimes they don't necessarily go into a career, but they'll, they'll study a particular discipline and that mm. will take them into... Um, whatever it may be that they they love to do so I think what we do here is nurture a love of learning mm-hmm. um, with very bright students and we mustn't forget that they are very bright yeah. and then they go to, on to pursue well their yeah. dreams and most many of them get them um, my f- uh, three best friends from Kendrick mm-hmm. yeah all achieved their dreams Kim who was one of my best friends loved movies and writing and she now works for a, a huge website called fandom.com brilliant um my friend sam went to study equines and horse kind of oh, mastery yeah. and she now runs one of the biggest county shows yeah. in the uk mm-hmm. and jessica was always really interested in psychology mm-hmm. and she now works with a, i think it's a multinational drug testing company wow. mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know we've we kind of all came here with our dreams and were able to make a career yeah. in them which yeah. i think is yeah. Particularly since I've met other friends, it's atypical. Mm, mm. But this school seems to allow you to do that. Sometimes I'm not sure if you if they they fulfil if everyone always fulfils their dreams because sometimes they come in with a dream and actually that might be somebody else's dream, like their parents yeah. or the society or the group or the family that they've come from. Mm. And what I think and I hope can happen is that whilst they're here they find what else, what they can do and what they yeah. enjoy and a passion for something that they can pursue when, when they leave. And sometimes they'll leave and do degrees and then find, actually, that's not right. I'm, I should be doing something else. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's not that just that formal education that one wants to do here. It's um, equipping young women to make choices that they want to make themselves yeah. um, and that nobody has made for them. Um, and I yeah. think that's the more important thing. And, and education is the vehicle by which you can make choices because um, yeah. without it, you're, you're, it's rather difficult, Yeah, particularly for women. Can you talk a little bit about your path and how right. you... How I came into teaching yeah. and how I became a head. Yeah, and um, is that what you always wanted to do? Is that your what, dream? To, to, to do teach? teaching or to become a head? Both. Right, okay. <laughs> First, I didn't really think about teaching until I was in my final year of university when we had and I still think I think this still exists the milk round at universities did you have that where employers would come to the university oh, right. I thought that's know. when you turned up at home on the milk float but no, yours no, is... <laughs> no I think they called it the the milk yeah, round and, they, and you'd go like into the big and... hall of wherever yeah. your university was and and all these employers and it's a, basically a careers fair and all these mm. employers from all sorts of professions would come along and, and they were looking for prospective graduates to take on yeah. to train in whatever it was now having studied history and politics um i could have gone into well, i don't know management or whatever and i can remember um, a friend coming back from an interview with fords the car manufacturers oh, right. and talking to them about profits and losses and how what Oof. and so on and i thought <laughs> this really isn't for me and I don't re- I'm not really attracted to any form of business. I want to do something that helps people. 
um, and that sounds a bit corny, but that's something that is for society. I loved my history and I thought, how do I carry on doing that? And so put the two together, yeah. teaching was an obvi- obvious choice. So I, um, I applied for a PGCE course, went down to Bath University, did my PGCE there and then started teaching. Initially, I wasn't teaching in girls' schools because mm. pla- my placements were in comprehensives in in Bath and in um, Malmesbury in um, Wiltshire. And, and then it wasn't until I got my first job, which happened to be in a girls' school in Leicester, that was the first time I went into a single sex school. Of course, I went to a single sex school myself, yeah. but at that time, I wasn't thinking like that. It was just where I'd been. Just where you'd ended yeah, up. Yeah, and I ended up. Uh, so I got my first job in Leicester. I was there for three and a half years, nearly four. And then the job came up at Kendrick, and I had a man in my life at that time yeah. who lived and worked in this area. Handy. Um, yeah. And he's an engineer. So the Thames Valley was the place for him to be. And, you know, there were personal issues that meant I was going to come to him rather than he Mm. come to find me in Leicester. My family's from London. So I was looking for jobs around here. Kendrick came up. I thought, oh, goodness me, I'm sure I won't get a job there because it's a a grammar school and they they wouldn't want me. Would you have been interviewed by Miss Berenson? Yes, I was interviewed by Miss Berenson and also Mr Byrne and uh, Miss Mercier. Okay. who were the teachers at that time yeah and miss berenson was fairly formidable as i remember yeah her. she was she was she was also quite a softy like um, a lot of people are but then yeah. with the quite a obviously a strong exterior but she was yeah. quite a softy and i will always be grateful to her for giving me the job yeah um, so yes i was i was appointed as a history teacher here in 1985 fantastic from april mm-hmm. and then when you were in the school i guess was it just everything that kind of drew you into the path to kind of 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 career development yeah I think this is where opportunities come along and you either take them or not I settled here I I really like the school you can't help not liking this school it's a yeah. wonderful school and the students then as they are now are very bright very good to work with it was an enjoyable place to be and then as opportunities came up in the school I took advantage of them so first of all I was head of year then I was head of history and then I became a senior teacher then the deputy head position Mm. came up so I I went for that then the school went through some arrangements with local schools Mm. and the head then became the executive head so I became the head of school and then she retired so I applied for the head of, of school that I wouldn't say I planned. I didn't. Int- I didn't start my career path thinking I want to be um, a head teacher. No, no way mm. did I think about that. But things happened that led me down that path. I think it's it's a really important thing to do because I think generally in life, if you're offered an opportunity, yeah. And it can seem quite daunting. Sometimes the easy route seems to be to say, oh, I'll wait, yes. or I'm not ready. Yes. Yeah. So I love that you kind of were like, oh, I'm, this opportunity's yeah. here, yeah. allow me to... Yeah, and I think that's not always easy for everybody or for every woman. And there have got to be some other factors mm. that work in one's life that enable you to do that. I have and have always had a very strong family life and support. Yeah. I have a husband who 
has never said you can't do anything that you don't want to do. And mm. if he did, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be his wife because that wouldn't happen. <laughs> um, we would not be a, a partnership. I have my children who supported everything that I wanted to do. My wider family, my parents, yeah. my, my brothers, all of those things were always there, never as barriers towards me um, or mm. in anything I did. Whereas for some women, that's not always possible. Yeah. And so it, it enabled me. Every time I said, I think this opportunity is coming up, my yeah. husband would say, let's go for it. Go for it. And so that's how I did. So you and I both have a single sex education. Yes, I did. So did. for me, I think it, if there had been boys mm-hmm. at the same school as me, I would have just never, I would have mm. left with no GCSEs. Mm potentially a baby so for me it's quite lucky (laughs) that I went to a single sex school and we were talking a little bit about how some people have such strange images especially Mm. if they've only watched Mm. you know St Trinian's Mm. or they've read you know Mm. Enid Blyton yeah but what do you think are the pros and cons of having a single sex secondary school well um that's interesting question and it's often asked when I have New Year Sevens join the school, yeah. after they've been here for about six weeks, I see all of them in groups of about 10 or 12 girls. And I do ask about why do they like being at the school? And of course they love it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things they say is there's just no distractions when we're here. We haven't got boys taking up all the time of a teacher mm. or being silly. Um, and so from, from you know, the serious educational point of view, Um, girls can focus on their work from an early stage and they don't have to worry about and and this is changes at different stages in a in a child's development you know from a 11 year old to an 18 year old they're never they don't have to think of how's a boy or the boy sitting next to me thinking when I say this or not say this or how I'm dressed or who I'm talking to there isn't that distraction now in some schools that can work in a positive way there's certainly that is not that is not there and girls can focus on what they want to do i also think for girls in a in a single sex school and same with boys you could say in a boys school all the positions and the opportunities are open to just girls so yeah. if you're going to have a leader of anything whether it'll be a leader of the house a leader of a house a leader of drama a leader of singing a, a whatever activity the chess club the scrabble club whatever it'll always be a girl that will be yeah. leading so everywhere role models and as you can see in my room everywhere the role models are girls women doing things and I think that's very powerful once that gets into somebody's life they see women doing those things they see older women older girls the younger ones seeing the sixth formers That's really very powerful in thinking about what they can do. I was watching, you did a speech at the Mm. reunion and then Mm -hmm. your head girl did a speech. Mm. And Mm. I was thinking if I was a year seven Mm. listening to that girl, Mm. I'd be like, oh my goodness. You'd be completely awestruck. And if you spoke to Lily, our head girl, she would say that when she first arrived, that's exactly what happened to her. Oh, really? She saw the head girl giving a speech, and she we can remember who it is, Sarah. And um, <laughs> she said, I saw her and thought, my goodness, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Now, she never revealed that to me until she was appointed oh, my um, goodness. in it last year. And, you know, she has developed and grown into an absolutely fabulous young woman herself with yeah. such confidence to well, be able she, to she do that. She inspired me and I'm, what, 20 yeah. years older than yeah, her? Yeah, so. absolutely. And that's what we hear every time she speaks. Yeah, she's mm. great. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll chase her for the podcast next. Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> I think you really should. She's, she's I, super. I definitely yeah. will. 
So then um, another thing I noticed was when we came for the reunion, yeah. um, some of the girls had come to like give us oldies at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And they were helping each other out and pointing each other in the right direction. Mm. And when I was here as well, you know, I just noticed it was a lot of camaraderie. Mm. And as a head teacher of a girls' school, mm. how do you educate sisterhood over mean girls? How mm. do you win out against that kind of cliquey behaviour? Because mm. mm. I think that's tough. Yeah, you know, women yeah. should be supporting women. And- yes, absolutely. And and um, I think as with anything like that, that you want to, you want young people to take on board. You have to constantly be giving them that, giving them those positive messages, and. I certainly, probably before, but certainly since I've been the head of the school, I have tried to promote the importance of our community Mm. um, and of our community of women together and that we're stronger and better when we're together. And so always I will promote ideas like being kind, being um, supportive to each other, being generous, being inclusive, which I would do amongst any young people, but certainly with the girls mm. but also I introduced the birthday now that was a deliberate thing that I introduced in 2012 the school birthday, the school birthday. now you know it's a bit odd and a bit zany that a school <laughs> should have a birthday but it's something that I had in my school yeah um, and since I left my school many years ago I've been able to go back to my school on the occasion of the school birthday yeah. and there's always an old girls reunion and I felt that as someone who taught here for so many years, I know a lot of girls. You know, yeah. Um, and it's wonderful to give them the opportunity to come back to their school and mm-hmm. reconnect because a school, whether you had really positive memories and experiences or not, is a, a really profound part of anyone's life. And, and it is what begins to shape them into the person they are. And yeah. sometimes they don't realise that until 5, 10, 20 or, or so many years later and I felt that that I, I wanted to create a, a time every year where girls when they found out about it women could come back and just revisit their school mm. and just reminisce yeah um I've heard some girls say oh never want to go back and fair <laughs> enough if they're as I said at the birthday party girls that didn't have a good time are not here um yeah. so so I wanted to do that, but then also for the girls that are at the school, I wanted to set up a, a an occasion where we all came together as a community. And so I chose September as a yeah. good time to have a birthday, not because the, I think the school was opened in March, actually, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but September is the start of the year. Yeah. We've got new girls in year seven, new girls in the sixth form. Mm. Um, and we, ha- we have a whole school assembly. We, we have a cake competition. And there's a real community feel yeah. there. And, and therefore, everyone embraces it. Yeah. And we've now been doing it for six years. And, yeah. and it works really well. So there's those kind of formal things um, um, that we do. Um, but I think just in the way we organise things, we have a, a house system, mm-hmm. which we introduced 2007, I believe, with house captains who are in the sixth form and vice captains who are in year 10 and they they put on events 
that bring girls together from across the school, not horizontal yeah. you know, girls just in their year groups, but vertically. Wow. So you've so got you've got events yeah. where we had house house music only just before half term, and you've got some year seven eights singing, playing music in an orchestra with girls who are in year twelve and thirteen. Oh, lovely! And so they they connect with each other, and I think there's a huge amount of role modelling going on in mm. a subliminal way wherever they go. The girls see older girls doing yeah. things that they know they will be doing in in due course and parents see that as well yeah. and they they can see that you know eventually your my daughter's going to be like that it's so, lovely. Um, so there is uh, i think that just goes on with without us prompting it too much i also and i don't know if you're going to come to this at all have this phrase lead inspired did you come across that at all lead inspire make a difference i i saw that it's in the reception isn't yeah. it over the door yeah and that's something that i brought in which was very much what I felt about myself when when I applied for the job um, of the head teacher. That was your personal mission. Yeah, that was my that was my strap line in my application. Lead, inspire, make a difference. Okay. On the basis that why I am where I am has been a combination of taking the lead, mm. inspiring, but not just inspiring others, but being inspired ha- walking yeah. in and thinking i feel good in this place yeah. when i'm with these girls and we talk about decentralization or whatever it might be <laughs> in history i feel good about that and yeah. i i get a buzz and making a difference which is what one wants to do every day of of one's working life and so yeah. i had that as a strap line and then and then after i was appointed that became the motto of the school Um, and I talk about that a lot with the girls. For me coming here I certainly never thought there'd be any barrier to anything that I want Mm. to achieve Mm. Mm. and I don't think that's normal. Mm. Yeah. I think many of the girls that came here there was never a question in their heads that they would Mm. would not be able to do what they chose Mm. to do. We Mm. had the tools to kind of go and seek out Yeah. Yeah. and you know we were able to kind of talk to adults and present ourselves well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So could you say the motto one more time? Lead, inspire, make a difference. Okay. And that, that was something that the girls talk about. Um, and um, and it, it's, yeah, it seems to have to encompassed by. everything we do. And so I put it around the school as well. Yeah. I'm sidetracked a little bit trying to think about what star sign Kendrick will be if it's a September Oh, my baby. goodness. Um, is it... Um, oh... Oh, crumbs, I don't know. I have to look that one uh, up. Leo's August, so whatever yeah. comes after Leo. Is it cancer? Is it cancer? I don't know. I don't know. We need I to brush know. up on We're failing astrology. Since you've worked as a teacher, yeah. have you noticed an improvement in opportunities for women during your career? Mm-hmm. Do you feel mm-hmm. like there was a visceral turn of the tide or a breakthrough? Or are we still like struggling where are we I, I don't think the struggle is over and I don't think the struggle will ever be over and when we have news as we've had this week yeah over um things that 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 um you know women are You're referring uh, to Westminster I'm, right? I'm definitely referring to Westminster and 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 you can cut this if you don't like this but when I heard a, a politician on on the radio on Saturday morning mm. saying something like there's a witch hunt and in his constituency for 30 odd years he's heard so many things and when some when people people have cried and men women have cried and he's cried with them and then he said something like and does that mean I can never put my arm around somebody to comfort them I just went 
I was very cross because yeah. he, that person, and if this is how people think, could not understand the difference between comforting somebody mm. and a sexual overture, which is what these women are talking about now. Exactly. And that makes me really angry. Yeah. And that women are being blamed because some women are able to come forward and say, I've had mm. sexual harassment in my career and I've not said anything about it because the people around me are so powerful they can stop me doing what I want to do yeah. and therefore they've just accepted it tried to put it in the back of their minds and try to mm. carry on with their careers and that deeply distresses me that yeah. women should have to do anything like that in order to pursue a career rather than to Absolutely. achieve what they sh- should achieve on merit so I think the struggle for women mm. to be confident enough assertive enough and proud enough to be able to say you know I can't, this is not acceptable yeah you cannot treat me like this no. you cannot do this to me mm. and say it's it's banter or 15 years ago it was okay it was never okay to put your hand <laughs> no. on somebody's knee if they didn't want you to put their hand on your knee mm. why would that be acceptable how do you navigate when you're talking to girls or you know obviously this comes up in the news and then how do we especially to young women that you don't want to disenchant or scare how do you navigate this kind of news and well I think I I haven't actually started talking about it with um with students yet because it's it's literally in the news but I'm sure when I come to my assemblies at the end of term and no doubt at speech day I will bring it up yeah um, because I constantly refer to the theme of women and what girls should be what they do here and how what they do here should um, prepare them for their for their future life and yeah. and trying to be as strong as they can um, and rely on the support of their friends and peers to be able to to manage those challenges is what I talk about all the time with them I'm I don't know that I'm not quite sure specifically I mean through our PHSE lessons through citizenship lessons we talk about things like confidence and and managing conflict and managing issues that one comes up with um, in in different situations but I don't know that you can totally equip young people for for lots of things that they're going to encounter yeah it's true i think what we do want to do is make sure that that girls and women are confident enough and happy enough in their own skin with who they are that they can they can take on these challenges and Mm. and not be put down by them and then they can never speak they can never um attempt some of the things that that are out there for them yeah, I love that. I'm hearing, you know, when you talk about building the confidence and the self-esteem, mm. that goes such a long way mm. if you're mm. used to kind of questioning mm. and, you know, standing mm. in your own beliefs. Mm. I, th- I think that really mm. helps. Mm. So, mm. yeah, thank you. Some good wisdom there. <laughs> I was going to ask, what do you think are the biggest challenges faced by women today? But I guess part of it... I think the, some of the biggest challenges, and I'm a much older women than the younger women that you might be referring to, is... Having, being able to pursue what you want to do in a confident way um, and not feeling that you need to check in with others, that you might need to, that you're going to be judged by others and that you are free and at liberty to do the things that you want to pursue Mm. um, without barriers in your way. Sometimes girls impose, women impose these barriers on themselves sometimes others do it for them 
but it, it's it's kind of clearing the way for yeah. them to be able to to do what they want to do whatever that may be and I don't have an ideal of a Kendrick girl I mm. don't say oh they've got to be the most successful in their profession I want them to be happy well adjusted well balanced yeah um, able to pursue things at the right time in their lives and it may be you know thankfully you don't have to do things in a conventional way mm. with conventional setups yeah and what I like very much now is the openness of not having to be conventional yeah um, and and I really like that because I think what you do if you can't you're suppressing what people might have inside mm. um, and and that can't be good for anyone no. so I I'm, so an element of be yourself be well. definitely be yeah. your be yourself um, and what's in your way that's preventing you from being yourself yeah I remember when I came here I was not as academically inclined as maybe some of my mm-hmm. peers mm. and I never understood how they would come in and get you know A's mm. and I remember I used to have a teacher called Mrs Abrams mm-hmm. and she would just look yeah. at me in despair but she'd give me lots of extra help yeah. and I did realise that eventually that I thought we were all going home and watching telly or listening mm. to music and they mm. were going home and doing their homework yeah. Yeah, 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 but yeah. what was your advice for those who are maybe struggling a little bit or underachieving or they're shy or they just feel a bit stuck how do you well I think I suppose since then our tracking our monitoring is much sharper than it ever was <laughs> yes and so the interventions <laughs> if you like using teacher speak yeah start to happen early I did um, I did manage to charm my way out of a few yeah and and no doubt and that the, there will be students and cases like that I suppose now the school is is as the way it is Pe- I always come back to you've this school and this is one of the privileges here you've chosen to come here you've Mm. been selected to come here so there's a kind of deal been struck before you even arrive absolutely yeah and um (laughs) and then i think if girls are not enjoying themselves here Mm. then that's one of the choices you can make Mm. which is you don't have to be here yeah um of course that comes up against the barrier of parents who can be troublesome at times um and and it's making that work but you know when girls get stuck and they do and I think the big challenge for young people not just girls now is mental health Mm. and trying to manage and enable young people to have a healthy mind and a healthy approach to mental health giving them counseling Mm. or giving them support talking to their parents yeah. all sorts of things I got lots of lovely things I got extra lessons and yeah. time and stuff like this yeah. yeah I think it's really lovely to try and build somebody up when they think mm. they can't and you're like yeah. let me just show you a different route to yeah, do that's this right. you can that's do right. it there is a and yeah. you pair up older girls with younger girls that can be very oh I love powerful. <laughs> sisters yes, I love mentoring. that yeah. yeah mentoring is always very helpful isn't mm. it um to to show younger girls that the older girls often say yeah I was like that that happened with me and this is how I did it and that that can be even more helpful than some teacher interventions that's wonderful so I will let you go now okay because you're very busy um and my last question for you is going to be so I find you really inspiring and so do (laughs) a bunch of other women so who is it or as a leader or even in your own private Mm. life outside the school Mm. who has inspired you the most well I'll tell you who inspired me the most recently, uh, a person that inspired me. But if I start generally, if you teach history, 
yeah whatever history you teach and and I accept a lot of history has been written from a male point of view mm. and it's male men's history in the main up until a couple of years ago I've always taught women's history at some point in the school yeah and very sadly when the A-levels changed our big unit on women's history came to an end oh whether it was that or any other history they've always been what I think a brilliant people in history Mm. and they have always inspired me so lots of the early feminists um, that you could reel off you know the Pankhursts, the Fawcett's, all sorts of those people that that are littered through the early um, feminist history but then there were there were the men who did a lot of things the Mandela's, the um, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, all of those significant people who made a change in history they could because um, and there were lots of women as well and and I'm inspired by people who make a big difference Mm. and help things to happen so So the ones that led inspired exactly (laughs) and that's that's why I'm always drawn to them Malala more recently she's she's one that I talk about a lot but as somebody I met recently and I I was actually I'd read about her in the paper uh, Brenda Hale Lady Hale okay the first president of the Supreme Court in this country and I read about her in the paper in July yeah and that she'd got this position and then I was at a conference only a few weeks ago and I met her in person and it was like meeting an idol oh wow Um, she's a (laughs) 72 year old woman yeah um she's a lawyer but the fact that she knowing what she did just inspired me to to do what I do that's wonderful um, which is and so that's where I get my inspiration but as I say to the girls I always also get my inspiration from just a student coming in here and talking to me Mm. um and I'm inspired by that and that I often say to the girls don't you I don't expect you just to be inspired to inspire others be inspired and Mm. look for inspiration because yeah it's everywhere you look it's something can inspire you if you stop and take notice yeah be well, inspired that's wonderful thank you so much for that we'll leave it <laughs> thank there. you mira thank lovely you. to talk to you you too you're listening to mira manga and the girls on tour podcast what a wonderful woman i am so glad that i found my way back through the school gates after all these years Thanks for listening. I am more than happy to spread those messages of positivity with you all. If you have any questions, comments or suggestions for amazing women that I should be talking to, drop by the Facebook page or hit me up at girlsontourpodcast at gmail.com. Next week, I interview Sarah Vero, a passionate campaigner who was at the heart of the Living Wage campaign and now works in digital rights as well as being a founder of Sanga Sanga, an experimental collective whose mission is simply to spread joy through human connection. Don't I have the best job in the world with this podcast? I totally do. Until next time, may you always be joyous within. Happy trails, and I'll see you soon. Goodbye.